Dealers by the Lake Podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this Wednesday? Wednesday we- afternoon. Wednesday. Valentine's Day, James. Evening. Um, cheers. Valentine's Day. Cheers yeah. to Valentine's Day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, whatever. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, obviously this is not the way I wanted to celebrate my Valentine's day this year, but, yeah. uh, if there's anything that can put a smile on my face with what I don't get to do this Valentine's day, it's getting the opportunity to talk Steelers with you and share that with the people. So I've been looking forward to this portion of the day because the rest of the day, uh, pretty much sucked. Yeah. So <laughs> that's fair. That is fair. Um, yeah, we're going to talk Steelers football. We're going to talk, uh, current players, former players, now former players that were current players as far as like just a few days ago uh we're going to talk some roster moves as far as cap space and then we'll also talk um uh the super bowl a little coaches. bit and coaches yeah. Ross, uh, coaches and a few of them added to the roster uh and then some gibberish we'll talk about at the end that's beside the point it's really just a mute point but we'll talk about it cuz it's news <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about the Super Bowl first and get that out of the way, Cody. Please. Who were please. you cheering for? Were you you were Niners backer in this one? I feel like you. Oh, I was you, backing you the hate Niners. Patrick hard. Mahomes. I don't hate Patrick Mahomes. I just I, it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want another <laughs> dynasty. I don't want to watch another team go to the Super Bowl seven years out of ten. Like I just don't want to see it again. You know why I'm okay with it? Why? Because these guys are doing it without cheating. I want them to break all of Tom Brady's and the Patriots records and do it in a shorter amount of time. Listen. And just crap all over their records. And then everybody can look at it and say, oh, Tom's only the second best quarterback ever. And he had to cheat to be that good. Listen, you can say they're not cheating, but if (laughs) if you go back and watch that game, the in in the last three Super Bowls that the Chiefs have played in, there have been zero holding calls. Well, and, and I get that, but that's not the Chiefs cheating. I mean, I that's guess. referees that's not fa- calling penalties. That's fair, but it's still dumb. Yeah. That, you know, they were top five. Somebody... They were top five this regular season in holding <laughs> yeah. calls, but then they were got yeah, zero in the Super Bowl. When you clearly yeah. saw at least four or five on film just from watching a highlight. Yeah. It's it's bad. Yeah. The holds were bad. Uh, not as bad as the Niners' offense, though. Unfortunately, yeah, that was you got to finish some drives, man. Got to finish weird. drives. They started off strong, yeah, but yeah, Brock Purdy just kind of went right back into being a normal QB and uh, yeah, kind of average looking dude. Yeah, and then and you got to finish those drives. You got to get touchdowns. You had Greenlaw go down with an injury too, and that kind of affected things, in my opinion. Oh yeah, drastically. Yeah. His, uh, his backup was targeted nine times, gave up nine receptions for 148 yards and a touchdown. It was real bad. Yeah. <laughs> real, real bad. And Greenlaw's a very good linebacker. Uh, so that was devastating for them. Uh, and it's going to hurt him next year, too, because that was an Achilles. Uh, yep. An off-ball linebacker like he is, who's basically successful because of his athleticism. I mean, intelligence also, too, but being really athletic is a very important thing for his position. Uh, sometimes guys don't come back all the way from an Achilles. Uh, and even when Aaron you Rodgers. do, yeah, 
Uh, but even when you do come all the way back from it, it, it's a good year, year and a half injury recovery a lot of times. And that just happened in February. I mean, next season starts in six months. Yep. He's not going to be ready for the next season. At least, so, at least not to any, I mean, midway through the year, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe mid midway through to the end of the year. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. We'll wait and see what yeah. happens. Um, but let's, I mean, okay. So obviously 49ers lost. Patriots or Patriots uh-huh. Chiefs won the whole the the best part about that in all honesty was watching the celebration and stuff and seeing Jason Kelsey be Jason Kelsey yeah, Jason Kelsey was wild bro <laughs> he was having so much fun just being a brother yep. just being a brother and being a fan of his brother and I'm here for it man uh, I think it's pretty awesome that he was able to retire and then two months later just be his brother's biggest fan. He didn't even yeah, officially retire. So did cool. he? Yet? It's I'm not pretty official. sure he did. I thought it wasn't official yet. Okay. Either way, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, but let's move on to Steelers news. Let's get out of this whole Kansas city bull crap. Um, I, I will say this too. prayers out to the people in Kansas city. There was a shooting after the parade today. I do want to say that um, on the show prayers out to the, the family of the one that had already passed and then the 21 others that were shot and some in critical condition. So prayers to them. Um, let's go ahead and move on to former Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, who is now 32 years old um, <laughs> and, and wants to come back with the Steelers and wants to play with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, says he'll come back. But there's only one team that he would play for. And he didn't come out and say Pittsburgh, but it's pretty obvious that Pittsburgh is the team that he would be interested in playing for. Uh, you know what? They have an opening at the number three running back position. Bring him and in. And I actually would be totally okay with it as long as he's all right with running down kicks and punts. And, and I'd be fine with it. And league minimum. League minimum. League minimum. Which a guy his age, league minimum is going to be like 1.3 mil because of his years invested in the league, but I'm okay with that because Lev, he didn't fumble and he was a good pass protector. Yep. Uh, so those are the things that you really need from that third down guy. And he had really good hands. Uh, so yep. I- I'd totally be okay with it. You know, bring him in, let him compete in camp, see what happens. Uh, you never know. What's um, it going to hurt? Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't give him anything other than that. That's that's league minimum, yeah. and, I, and I really doubt they'll do it. I really no, doubt they, they won't. have any interest. They won't. In that. But I'm totally down for it, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> the front office is probably still a little bitter about how he left. So <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> some of the, and, 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 and Coach Tomlin, and in the I mean, the some of the players still probably on the team at this point. Yeah, there's there's probably not too many players left on the team that three. were there when he was there though. Three's my guess. You got Cam, three. TJ, and probably Minka. <laughs> and Boswell. And Boswell. Maybe not even Minka, man. Maybe not even Minka because they traded for Minka. That's true. That is true. Who knows? Um, Steelers also moving on to the next thing. Steelers parted ways with their wide receiver coach, uh, which is interesting. Maybe this is a sign of wanting to get these guys a little bit more. Um, not help, but just get them more focused. Maybe they're maybe this is where they're blaming that lack of attention to detail and running backwards after catches and stuff like that. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think that this is um, this is exactly what the wide receiver core needs. We saw some immaturity at times during the season last year, uh, and a wide receiver coach that won't put up with that starting right out of the gate 
is probably a very good move. Yep. Uh, so that was one of the next moves with uh, releasing wide receiver Frisman or wide receiver coach Frisman Jackson. And again, I think this was a his contract expired and they chose not to resign to bring him back. Yeah. Stand whatever. Uh, they don't. They pretty much never fire anybody. Matt Canada was the first coach to be fired uh, in a long time. <laughs> they generally let their contracts expire and then move on afterwards. Um, so uh, Zach Azani is the new wide receivers coach. Uh, apparently he has 26 years experience as a wide receiver coach, not just at the pro level, uh, but also at the college level. So he was a wide receiver coach with the Jets last year. Had five years as a Broncos wide receivers catch previous to that, and a, a pretty large resume uh, in the college ranks as well. So uh, this is, by all reports, a no nonsense kind of guy that just doesn't take any crap from anybody. Yep. Uh, so expect this to be the kind of thing that you're going to hear reports early on in camp, uh, where somebody isn't participating and they're just running laps, and it's going to be because they were only two minutes early to practice or, or something like that. Like uh, that's what this group needs. Oh, 100%. this group needs a, a real professional. And I'm not saying that Frisman Jackson wasn't a real professional, but somebody that's like all over every single detail. Apparently he is just absolutely maniacal about getting his wide receivers to run block too. Like it is not acceptable for you to not, be all over your assignments, run blocking uh, on a rundown. So I'm excited to see what Zach Azani can do with this group because we do have a, a nice young nucleus. Um, and you know what? If he doesn't like what he sees out of Deontay Johnson, then expect this upcoming season to be his last season with us. Yep. Yeah, don't expect it to be anything crazy. Um, the mm -hmm. one thing I will say, when you think about him coaching the Jets the past three years, he coached an offensive rookie of the year. Um and what was it? Garrett Wilson? Was it he won the offensive? Well, I think he was just with the Jets last year, though. Oh, and I with thought. the Broncos previous, oh, to, previous that. to that. Okay. Yeah. So, no. But he yeah. still worked with a very, I mean, the, the Jets wide receiver group was probably the highlight of that team, quite yeah. frankly. Um, and even the so Broncos. was in the quarterback room. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Very true. Unfortunately. <laughs> Um, they also signed Tom Arth as a quarterback coach. He was a former teammate and now close friend of Peyton Manning. Uh, Tom Arth coming from the uh, Chargers, working with Justin Herbert up there. So yeah, that's exciting. I think. And Tom's got a pretty solid resume as well. Mm -hmm. uh, been all over the college ranks. Had some time as a head coach where actually Peyton Manning stuck his neck out there to to uh, vouch for him to get that position. Uh, so. Those two aren't just tight. Tom helps him run his youth program. Uh, so whenever Peyton Manning does like his quarterback camps and stuff yeah. like that, Tom Arth is one of the guys there that helps run those. Uh, he was on the practice squad with the Colts uh, for a number of those years while Peyton Manning was tearing up the NFL. Uh, so that's where the, the teammate relationship came from. And they've just remained very close friends ever since. Uh, so uh, nice resume of a guy with a ton of experience. Uh, wasn't a high-end quarterback by any means, never got past practice squad for the NFL. Uh, but you like the resume, you like the experience, you like the fact that um, if he really wanted to, he could ask Peyton for advice on stuff, and Peyton would absolutely give him his input. Uh, yeah. So I, I like all of that. 
Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with Kenny Pickett and whoever else ends up in that quarterback room. Yeah. No, 100% excited for that. And and maybe there's a connection there. Maybe you see in a couple years, listen, there's another Manning going to be coming through the ranks. Who knows if he there will. Is. I mean, he's obviously already not going to be handed the starting job in college. That's been discussed, um, which was impressive. I don't know if you saw that. There, there's not even a comp. There's not even going to be a competition for. I think he's going to Texas or Tennessee or something. Um, mm-hmm. But he, the the coach said there's no there's no competition. The guy we have now is the starter. He'll come in and be <laughs> a backup, which is good. I mean, some people need to go through that. That's stage. smart. Yeah, so, and most high school kids are just not ready to go straight out of high school. Nope. And they need a couple of years of weightlifting to get big enough to be able to handle the hits in college. Yeah, so exciting to see the potential moving forward with Tom Arth as the uh, quarterbacks coach. You want to talk about this next guy? Yeah, yeah. Also an offensive assistant by the name of Mateo Kambui. Uh, at least that's my Rendition. guess as to the pronunciation <laughs> of the name. Uh, so he's got a resume of being an offensive assistant uh, at some other places as well. So uh, we'll see what his role truly ends up being. Doesn't seem like he's going to be a passing coordinator per se, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see where they plug him in. I don't know. I, I would imagine somewhere along like the wide receiver group or something, maybe it maybe an assistant to the, the uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, sounds like he's got some experience with Arthur Smith in Atlanta. So, Yep. He at least knows Arthur's system, and it, it would be an easier transition for Arthur's system being explained to lots of people. Because yep. you're going to have more than one person that has a question about what they're supposed to do at the same time. Arthur Smith can handle one uh, while Mateo's handling another. Uh, so that should really help for the transition in, in people understanding what they're supposed to do in this offense. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, we're going to discuss briefly, no, I shouldn't say briefly, but we are going to discuss the NFL honors uh, and the awards that were given and not given briefly. Um, Najee Harris won angry run of the year, which was well-deserved in my opinion. He ran angry pretty much all year um, and felt like he got more (laughs) ferocious uh, as the year went on. I think he got frustrated with the way the season went at the beginning, which don't blame him who wasn't frustrated. And then once he started getting that offense a lot, like after the bye week and even a few weeks after like the offensive lineman started gelling and making holes for him, and he just said, get off me. And the stiff arms that we got to see from him over and over and over again, um, impressive. He's a big, big boy, and I do not want to get in front of him when he's running angry like he was. <laughs> yeah, this could be a real fun year for him this upcoming season uh, because he's only improved in each of his first three seasons. His yards per carry has gotten better each year, uh, and he seems to be getting a little more comfortable with running in the NFL. Now imagine an offensive scheme that saw the best years of Derrick Henry in his entire career. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're getting. And it's another back very similar in size to Derrick Henry. So uh, this could really, really do for Najee's career. And I'm excited to see what we can get out of him next year. Uh, Cam Hayward wins the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which is absolutely awesome uh, for his work with the Hayward House, uh, helping out kids in need and kind of mentoring kids. Uh, It's a pretty awesome program that he does there. Uh, And you know that that's a a program that's very near to his heart, having lost his father at a young age. You know, he didn't have that that guy growing up. You know, that was his hero when he was gone at a young age. Yeah. Uh, So neat that he created a program like that uh, to be able to be like almost like a big brother's big sisters kind of thing, you know, 
and, and help help youngins out. So uh, awesome. He's a really good human being, and it's nice to see him win that. Uh, he was like a six-time nominee before this, too. So, uh, so cool. I'm excited to see that patch on his jersey next year, man. Because uh, Pittsburgh doesn't even do, like, captain patches. Uh, so it's literally what's on your jersey is your name and the Steelers symbols, and that's it. Yep. And he'll have that Walter Payton Man of the Year patch on his jersey next year. So very, very cool. Love that for him. Uh, Minka was given the Bart Starr Award, um, which is an award that celebrates character and leadership. Uh, well-deserving of Minka. I feel like, I mean, obviously when he's in there, we play better. It's, it's not, he doesn't affect the game as much as when TJ's in there. Um, but you can sense his leadership, especially in the secondary when he's playing mm-hmm. and the comfort level that the, the defensive front plays with knowing that he's back there being that, you know, the ball hawking safety that he is. Um, so very well deserved there. Yeah. For me. And this award is more of an off the field award than it is an on the field award. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is again about the character of the human being that Minka Fitzpatrick is, uh, which is why Tony Dungy is involved in the group as far as handing that award out. Uh, Tony, Tony Dungy known as being a man of faith in the NFL. Uh, and he's definitely all there when it comes to supporting people of high character uh, and other people of faith in the NFL. So yeah. a really, really neat recognition for Minka Fitzpatrick yeah. uh, coming off of a year that was not a statistical enormous year for him. Uh, but cool to see that you don't just have a guy that's one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's an awesome human off the field too. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's neat to see this kind of thing in an off season where all these guys are getting awards for who they are as human beings. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that is really, really, really neat. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of something I don't have in the notes, Cody. um, Oh, here we go. Hall of Fame ceremony was announced. The guys going to the hall is something that is very, very noteworthy uh, because I know that you personally are very big into the let's get Heinz Ward into the Hall of Fame category. Andre Johnson got in. This is fantastic because there's a big bottleneck of wide receivers, and that's what's been holding Heinz Ward back, is that none of these guys have been getting in year after year. Andre Johnson getting in helps get the waters a little bit less muddy. Now it's like Torrey Holt and Reggie Wayne, I think, that are sitting in front of him uh, that are getting in. And both of them will get in before him. Yes, but now this might allow Hines to get into that finalist category and not just be stuck at the semifinalist. True. That's what I'm saying is that if he was the next wide receiver with the next most votes, then he's going to be the one that goes into that room. And then it's one year closer. You know, you want to see Torrey Holter or Reggie Wayne get in. I don't care which one. I just want to keep on seeing these wide receivers get in one every year so that Hines ends up one of the guys with one of the best resumes left. Andre Johnson had 62 more catches, 2,102 more yards, and 15 less touchdowns than Hines Ward. Yeah. How many more Pro Bowls? <laughs> that's the big thing that's hurting him is the fact that he only had three Pro Bowls and a lot of these guys were five, six, or seven times Pro Bowls. Heinz Ward had four Pro Bowls. All right. Uh, and Andre Johnson had seven. Yeah. 
And a lot of these voters, they don't really know what's going on. Like they, they don't watch the film. They just look at a quick resume sheet. How many Pro Bowls? How many All Pros? Those are the big things that measure. How many rule changes why. did you make in the NFL? Heinz Ward one, Andre Johnson yeah. zero. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not allowed to knock people out anymore. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> not that you were before. Miles, that was one of the greatest moments. Miles got away with career. it after that. Well, well, Him that and Cortland Finnegan though. going at it for a whole game, pretty much. Yes, because Cortland Finnegan was just known for choking people during plays, like grabbing them by the neck and choking them. And it just, the refs never called it. And it was crazy. And wide receivers are like, what the heck, man? Like, they didn't want to tee off on him and get called. Yeah. Andre Johnson got sick of it, ripped his helmet off, and just started beating the crap out of him in the middle of the game. <laughs> and it completely changed how Cortland Finnegan played. He didn't play dirty like that ever again. And, and it he was didn't because play very well after that. And just, yeah. Yeah, because he was, he was basically being a bully out there and using the refs as his backup. Yep. You know, knowing yep. that nobody would ever actually throw a punch at him until Andre Johnson did. And Andre just beat the snot out of him. And I was all there for it because of how much of a scumbag Cortland Finnegan was. Uh, but speaking of scumbags, Miles Garrett wins the Defensive Player of the Year award. Boo. Uh, narrowly, he got 23 first place votes. TJ got 19 first place votes. Uh, there were eight voters that didn't even have TJ in their ballot, which there's three people on your ballot. Um, also, of the 50 voters, not a single one of them was re a representative from Pittsburgh. Not one. I don't know how you get 50 voters from the Associated Press from all random cities all over, and you don't have at least one from every city represented by a team. How does that happen? And honestly, I really want to know how many of these guys too. How many guys? What? How how many of them were from Ohio? Well, probably like four or five. I'm guessing a dozen. I mean, Canton, Ohio, home of the Hall of Fame. Hello. Yeah. Where it all starts. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Miles Garrett, sure. Enjoy your celebration. You didn't do squat. Your team didn't do squat. Your team's never going to do squat. Hope you the NFL uh, officially handing out participation trophy. Yeah. Page. Yeah. I mean, Joe Flacco winning comeback of the year was better than DeMar Hamlin, in my opinion. And a lot of people are going to, yeah. a lot of people are going to hate me on that, but, but it's, it's, it shouldn't be who suffered the worst injury and came back to play. The comeback of the year award should be, Hey, who kind of revitalized their career? Like they're a comeback yeah. player. And yeah. And, and, you and know I don't think did? it was Joe Flacco. I don't think it should have, it should have been Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield crapped all over what Joe Flacco did this year. It shouldn't have even been a contest. That should have been Baker's award. Joe, Joe Flacco played uh, what, and, four games? And he turned the ball over three times in every game. He averaged two interceptions and a fumble in every single game. Good job, Joe Flacco. We're proud of you. Yeah. And then he literally single-handedly lost them the playoff game. Yep. Now, granted, they vote on this before the playoffs, so playoff games don't come into the picture of it. Uh, but man, I mean, Miles Garrett had one sack in the last six weeks and somehow got it. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this dude had 33 tackles on the season. 33. That's and, less and, than two a game. And That's none not of even his stats were better than TJ Watt. And TJ Watt not missed a single games. one. Yeah, not a single one. And TJ Watt, whatever. We're not going to. I'm moving on. Uh, Steelers <laughs> also released uh, some players this week. They released Presley Harvin, the third, the punter. Uh, mm -hmm. Chuk Sakura for the 
out or the tackle that was sit down for saying some things that he probably shouldn't have said this season. And Mitch <laughs> Trubisky, all were released. That brings them to right around what five point four million over the cap still. So they'll have to do some restructuring mm-hmm. of contracts and things like that. Uh, Presley Harvin didn't save them much as he was on his rookie contract, but unfortunately. Uh, the team stuck by him when he went through some family troubles and lost, uh, I think, a couple, what was it, grandparent or something, or his dad. Um, it was two people in less than a week. I think it was, wasn't it, it was like, like two grandparents? His, I, I want to say one was a grandparent and one was a parent. Okay. I want to say he lost like his mom and his grandpa or his dad and his grandma, or it was a wicked some combination. combination yeah. Yeah. Um, horrible, horrible for somebody to go through that. Don't, don't let us undersell that portion and no. i think that's why pittsburgh gave him a longer leash than they would have other people yep because they knew they he was going through things emotionally and that affects uh, and it's a shame play. because like last season he played well i thought until about week eight or nine and then he just kind of just really started being very erratic and they just need a more steady punter they need somebody who is more reliable to get off a good punt every time yep and there's conversation about ariza coming in uh, potentially again, the guy who was uh, had to deal with some court troubles and some law troubles, which w- he was found to be not guilty for. So why not bring yeah. him back in? I would love to have him uh, come in. I would love to see that signing. So again, if if Ariza can come in, I'm all for him coming into the building and at least getting a workout. You know what I mean? Leg strength is absolutely incredible on that man. What he put in uh, work wise in college and put on tape. Uh, they called him the punt god. That's how Jeez. incredible he was at punting the ball. <laughs> and a very athletic guy, too. Uh, so from a player perspective, uh, yeah, you want somebody like that. Uh, I don't know if they are scared of the fact that he has those accusations and they if they just don't want somebody like that on the team. Uh, but this is one of those things where, like, it was literally proven with his cell phone that he was not where he was accused of being. Yeah. So, like, he definitely was exonerated of any of the charges that were brought against him. Um, but still, that can make people nervous. Sometimes that ruins your reputation and you just don't get another chance after that. Nope. Uh, so hopefully that's not the case for that young man. You hate to see somebody falsely accused of something uh, so serious and then have it destroy their career would it could have been a good one. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, Chooks Okorfor, obviously we talked about him with all year long with he said something probably to a coach or about the play calling that wasn't approved of and got benched and didn't see the playing field really since then. So um, I'm okay with that. He was kind of not a strong point on the offensive line, unfortunately. And then Mitch Trubisky, we obviously watched him prove that he was the third best quarterback on the team. Uh, and by, by third best, we mean the best worst quarterback on the team. <laughs> so mm-hmm. most, most and, worst, whatever you want to call it. And I would say at times he was the, uh, the fourth best, uh, because there was a guy on the practice squad at times and he had to be was cause he was awful, awful, yeah. awful last year. Yeah. And speaking of the quarterback position, this is the one thing we're going to end the show on and discuss briefly here. Um, that we, that I'm calling bull crap right now. It's bull crap. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's fake news. Fake news. Don't read into it too much. Uh, there's been talks in the sports world about Pittsburgh being interested in trading for Justin Fields. Nope. 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 Yeah. Uh, the rumor is that the Bears are asking for a second round pick for him. No uh, I don't see why in the world anyone would do that. Uh, I get that he's highly athletic. I get that he has a very strong arm. Uh, 
Uh, his accuracy thus far in the league has gotten worse every year, uh, which is a big red flag. Uh, and his touchdown to interception ratio has also gotten worse every year. Uh, so this is not somebody that's on the way up and you're trading for a guy that's trending in the right direction. You're trending, you're trading for a guy that's trending in the wrong direction. And he's going into the last year of his rookie deal too. So you would have to make a decision on that fifth year option, basically right out of the gate. Um, the only way I would be okay with Pittsburgh doing this is if they traded their sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, any capital higher than that, I'm because yeah. I just don't see the value. Nope. I, I feel like it's an immediate downgrade from Kenny Pickett as far as a thrower of the football, and that's the most important thing at the quarterback position is being able to throw the football in an accurate manner. Yeah, teams that I could see trading up and to get him, uh, or not trading up, but excuse me, trading to get him, there's only, in my opinion, uh, that I'm looking here at this, there's only one team that I could see trading to get him and it's because i think they're too far back to really have a chance to get one of the guy like one of the top i think there's top three quarterbacks they're looking at sure this yeah. year um and and that would be the atlanta falcons and that's there i don't think they're committed to ritter i don't know what no the, yeah they're in a bad is. spot they're in a horrible yeah spot. they're in a bad spot and they they traditionally like a, a very athletic quarterback so i feel like it would fit the mold of what they like down there um so, yeah, I mean, if you're Atlanta, you go for something because you have nothing. Yeah. All you have is a couple of quarterbacks that you don't like at all. So, yep. You know, if you if you get them for something not too expensive, why not? Yeah, that, that's the only team that I'm looking at the draft order and, and getting an idea of this stuff. Um, you know, I think you could make the argument for Tampa Bay as well, but I think they're kind of sold in on the Baker Mayfield experiment right now. Um, I think if they're not, they're crazy, uh, man. They, Baker played. Everyone's been given year. up on him. So I realize he hasn't played yeah. well everywhere, but still, the fact is he's – I don't know why you'd give up on that already um, moving forward. And then with that being said, I mean, what – there's a couple other teams that I could think of, but I don't really – they're not worth talking yeah, about. Yeah, I wouldn't put I, much much no, more effort into that. No, <laughs> um, Justin Fields not coming to Pittsburgh. That's all you need to know. There's a better chance of Ryan Tannehill come to Pittsburgh than, uh, than yep. Justin Fields. So, That's where I was going to go next is if I mean, there's rumors that Mason is saying that he would like a fresh start, uh, indicating that he would like to go to another team. And if that's the case, then bringing in Ryan Tannehill as a backup does make sense. Uh, he's 35 years old, so don't expect him to go back to like peak Ryan Tannehill form and take over the starting job. Uh, but again, as a guy that knows Arthur Smith's system that had his best years under Arthur Smith, you could do a lot worse as a backup quarterback. Yep, and then they'll draft one in the fifth or sixth round. Mm, of the two, it'll be the sixth. Yeah, probably. Um, oh, because they don't have a fifth round pick, so. I mean, that's fair. Uh, but with that, <laughs> with that being said, that's going to wrap up this show. Um, if you guys have any inputs on the Justin Fields stuff or how you feel the NFL honors went or anything, anything you guys want to talk about, feel free to message us or email us. Uh, we'd love to talk about your opinions on the show. James, I want to double check something real quick because I think I saw something that you want to discuss. Um, Scouting combine's coming soon, man. No, not that. Real quick, hang no. on. Let me pull this up right now. Yeah, pull it up, and I'm going to get the date of the scouting combine. You get the date of the scout. It is coming up quick. It comes up. It's in Indianapolis uh -huh. again, per usual. Um, but we have a uh, new five star review on Apple Podcasts, James. Ooh, 
Ooh, I didn't get to see that yet. You didn't get to see that. I knew you'd be excited. Uh, by Rochelle Z. Uh, said, never really watched football until this podcast got me into it. Very impressed with the knowledge and enthusiasm these two wonderful guys bring to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. It said, oh, my Lanta. I'm assuming this person uh, appreciates the oh, my Lantas that I've been saying recently. So <laughs> must be. it's been an it's been a it's been a thing. I scream it at work all the time. I don't know why uh, I'm a little maniac, I guess, is what you could say. But we appreciate the five star review. What do you have to say? Yes. Thank you, Rochelle. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, February 26th. Is that is the, the beginning February? of the scouting combine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why it's, did I think it's it fast, was March? Man. Why did I think it it's was fast. March? Pro days are in March. That's 12 days away. Yeah. We are, yeah, we are it's less coming, than two man. weeks away from the NFL combine. Yep. Starts um, the 26th and goes through March 4th. Uh, so they'll get in there and they'll get weighed in for a couple of days and measure hand size, arm length, height, weight, and then they'll do their bench usually a day before they do the on-the-field drills. Yeah. Uh, less and there's less a, guys are doing the There's bench. a lot behind the scenes of that that we don't see. Like, they do a lot of media stuff and signing yep. things, and there's a Tons. lot that we don't see um, that that's – I mean, meeting with their agents, meeting with teams, I think happened somewhat at that point, or am I, is that too Oh, early? a ton. Okay. A ton. This is where this really starts getting heavy. Teams start meeting with all these prospects at the combine. Mm. This is where you get informals. This is where you get formals. This is where you start getting that list of who your team is meeting with, and you start getting a feel for what rounds they're going to be looking at what positions. Yeah. Uh, so I would expect to see a lot of corners, offensive tackles, and centers to be in the conversation. Cooper DeGene. Here. Cooper DeGene. Cooper, oh, man. If we did, I'm buying the jersey first, like first day. Buying right, <laughs> first day. What if he gets 26, bro? I'll lose it. Oh man! All right, <laughs> that's gonna wrap up this show. Again, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, remember to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell; it's free. Don't forget those five star reviews. And oh my lanta, we can't wait till next time. This is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace.